Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Good to have all of you here. And I know tomorrow or <clears throat> tonight, even many of you probably were able to go by and and see the Keys family and the <clears throat> visitation for Brother Tracy. And um, amazing how he uh, fought his way through to coming to the house of the Lord and I know at times I'm sure he didn't feel like it and I'm sure he didn't uh, <clears throat> would have been more comfortable to sit at home and yet there is what a testimony what a legacy that he has left us and that family and that decision to I'm going to I'm going to keep worshiping, I'm going to keep praying, I'm going to keep, uh, my dad said it's like climbing a mountain, and uh, I'm going to keep climbing until he made it to the top, and um, what, a, what a great uh, testimony, what a great legacy, and uh, that service is tomorrow at 11, and I know um, we are uh, later in the month, uh, not this weekend, but next weekend, uh, memorial service for Sister Nancy Edge, and uh, I think it's going to be at noon, if I'm not mistaken, and the service will be at one uh, visitation or here at noon, and and then uh, <clears throat> the service at one. So uh, some uh, powerful prayer warriors, some powerful saints of God that have gone to their reward and made it to the first church, and of course, uh, this church has been rocked with individuals that have been tested positive and had uh, been sick and had, whether it's colds or flu or flu rona or flu vovid or flovid or whatever they call it or <coughs> cold rona. Or <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but we've had several. Brother Collins is here tonight for first time in several weeks, and Sister Julie. And so, praise the Lord. I'm thankful for all of those that are back and able to uh, be in the house of the Lord. And and it is not one of those <clears throat> situations that <coughs> excuse me that easily we find ourselves. Uh, facing some uh, battles, facing some fights, and uh, Brother Dennis Smith uh, is here, and he asked me a great question right before service tonight. Brother David Post was supposed to be speaking, and um, uh, speaking on the lesson about Abraham, and about Abraham uh, offering, being obedient to the Lord and offering his son, Isaac, and how difficult that must have been. I can't imagine that. Most of us feel as parents or grandparents, I would rather be sick than have my grandchildren sick. I'd rather be sick than to have my children sick. I would rather go through it than to have one of them suffer through it. And then the same is true with our spouses. I. Uh, it's almost like it, you can feel guilty. Why, you know, how come I'm well and they're sick? And you can wrestle with that thought in your mind and why am I going through it and what's going on? And it is a, it's a, a moment of how do I uh, fight in this battle? And in hyphen, the uh, Monday night class, we've been talking about spiritual warfare. We uh, Zoomed it this past Monday, and um, it's, it's recorded. I, I don't know how to reach it for you, but I'm, if you text uh, Caitlin, or I'm sure some of them could tell you, and we logged on, and we had a, a Zoom meeting, and I can give you the handouts, and we've been talking about spiritual warfare, and I begin to realize as, as we look through the Old Testament, all of that was types and shadows and of what's going on in the New Testament, and it is, you know, unfortunately, 
Is it easier to fight it spiritually or is it easier to fight it physically? I don't think you can ever get an answer to that. I think if you're going through it physically, you feel like you wish you could fight it spiritually. If you're going through it spiritually, you wish you could get it physically. You think, man, if I could just choke the devil out, you know, I could take an ax and 238s and man, I'd feel good, I'd get rid of it. Mainly, you're wanting relief. And so you could almost imagine how difficult it was in tonight's lesson this week the kids are studying about Abraham being obedient and following that obedience. And unfortunately, when you look, he fought that battle and yet that did not mean that his son was not gonna fight battles. And it didn't mean his grandson wouldn't fight battles. And it didn't mean his great-grandchildren weren't gonna have to fight battles. Just because you fought a battle doesn't mean that your children are exempt from battles. And just because somebody else is going through it or you may have gone through something one time doesn't mean that you are exempt from every uh, war and warfare. And I can only imagine what went on in Abraham's mind. It, it's hard, it, it, it's, it's just one of those um, things that it's hard for me to, to just imagine the depth of the fight in his mind when he is saying, you're going to take your son, you're going to tie him up, you're going to carry him up to a mountain, you're going to cut his throat, you're going to open him up, you're going to burn him. <clears throat> hard to imagine that journey. And yet he stops at the base of the mountain and tells his servant, stay here, the lad and I are going yonder to worship. And then of course, his son, who was probably in his teens, anywhere from 13, 14 to 17, 18, Isaac, imagine this young man looks at his dad and he says, dad, I see a knife, I see wood, I see fire. Where's the lamb? How do you answer your child when they ask a hard question? And we've all had those questions. I remember when Caitlin looked at her mom and I in the hospital and said, am I ever gonna be well? How do you answer that? I said, yes. I don't know when, I don't know how, but I didn't tell her that part, but I said, yes. And yet I don't know. I'm, we're listening to the doctors give us a gloom and doom report. Well, you know what's going on in your mind? You know what you're battling here? You know what's going on in your emotions? I could have gone all day without her asking that question. And yet, it feels like a battle, feels like contention. And we are living 2022 where our country is overwhelmed with contention. They talk about it on the news, whether it's what's going on in the airports, what's going on road rage, what's going on in the schools, what's going on in the halls of the US government. And I'm sure none of you have felt drawn into that fight. I'm sure none of you have 
shaking your finger and said, you're just stupid. Huh? And I understand I've had people that will send me a, a blurb or something that uh, somebody said or did and I try to look at it and, and, and yet um, at times I have to stop it about halfway through and say, okay, Lord, this battle is not mine. It's yours. And yet, as you've heard me say, there are some people that won't leave it alone to let you battle. I mean, you know, they can drive down the road and they can draw you into their angry spirit. They can say and do things very provocative and <clears throat> very contentious, and you know. You say, well, am I supposed to be contentious? And the best Charlie Brown answer I can give you is yes and no. And let me look through the word of the Lord and, and show you, because it goes along with Abraham. He had faith, and it's amazing that he would obey God and have faith to simply offer Isaac and to bring him up to the mountain. And like I said, Isaac had to contend, and then probably the most famous was Abraham's grandson by the name of Jacob. The Bible call, says that he wrestled with an angel. It uses the word contended with God. Now, it's bad enough to contend with the Democrats contending with the Republicans and the Republicans contending with the Democrats and people's feeling like this group or the FBI or the Justice Department or the, this. But imagine trying to contend with God. And yet, <coughs> Jacob wrestled with this angel and we know that Jesus said something that may not sound very contentious, but if you read it in the Amplified, it goes like this. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and spacious and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many are those that are entering through it. But the gate is narrow, contracted by pressure. And the way is straightened and compressed that leads to life. And few there are that find it. Now, everybody here knows that you played with a hose. You know, when I was growing up, my parents were so terrible, they would let me drink out of a hose, a water hose. There's no telling what kind of bacteria and diseases and viruses that I had to fight all my life for drinking out of a water hose. But, but you learn as a child, first of all, when you turn it on, that the first bit of the water is hot. And you kind of, you know, you squirt it around. And then you stick your thumb down in the end of the hose. And the more you constrict it, man, you can water the side of the house. And in fact, there are times when you can shoot it all the way into the open window on the car. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Nobody. Thank you. See, but th that was because I had been drinking out of a hose and those amoeba were in my head somewhere. I have now figured out what was going on. I should have not been held responsible for anything that I did. Uh, <clears throat> but 
you know, you could then turn it on and uh, then you could, of course, if you pinched it off, you could stop the flow for a while and then it would just shoot out. And so constricting it increased the pressure, increased the force, increased the power behind it. And, and Jesus basically said that the gate is gonna narrow down and it's gonna get constricting and it's gonna get more pressure and it's gonna have more and more pressure to go through that gate. I don't know about you, but that when you look at that fact of, you know, you say, man, it just feels like I'm under the gun, I'm under pressure. Well, I'm, I'm wondering if we're all fixing to go through the gate before here. Okay, Jude said it like this in his book. It's only one chapter, but it's the third verse. He says, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you, he says, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and to exhort you, challenge you that you should earnestly what does it say? Contend for the faith, which was once delivered unto the saints. If you think that the same fight that you've had up until now is gonna work to press through this narrow gate, you're gonna be fighting more for faith. When he comes back, will you still believe? Will you still be able to believe after seeing all that you've seen, after hearing all the reports, are you still able to say, the Lord is great, greatly to be praised. I'm still going to praise him. I'm still going to wrestle with my own mind and thoughts. And that's what, when you look here, that of course is what, uh, in fact, uh, when you, you read the word to understand the word wrestling is a strenuous or violent effort in the face of difficulties or opposition to proceed with difficulty or with great effort. A struggle for mastery, a grappling, a seizing of one another or, or a firm grip engaging in a struggle or close encounter a sport in which two opponents struggle hand to hand in order to pin or press each other's shoulders to the mat or ground with the style, rules, and regulations differing widely between amateur and professional sports. That's just straight out of the dictionary. What does it mean? It means that you are, this is not something that you don't wrestle from Ohio to Indiana. You get up close and personal when you wrestle somebody. As a matter of fact, you can feel the heat of their body, their sweat. And some of them, you know, put on oil or Vaseline so you don't get a grip. Y'all saying, Gross, Pastor, I don't want to wrestle. I'm sorry, folks, this is real personal. Jacob got real personal with the angel. You don't think about, you know, I love it, and we have a missionary staying over in our, our mission's house, and and they have been Vanuatu, and they're fixing to go to Malaysia. And of course, we've been to Malaysia. No Connie Glover is in Malaysia now. And, and I, you know, hallelujah, I pray for Malaysia. I pray for Singapore. I pray for Australia. I pray. I don't like it, though, wrestling with Brother Tracy's illness, Brother Tim's illness, Brother Richard Luzader's illness. Huh? Brother Ludis, Sister Ludissa's illness. I don't like having these situations here. If I could say how many, if we'd ever have another fight of illness, another person attacked mentally or emotionally or spiritually, will you all pray 
five hours a week for the mission field. Do I, could I get any volunteers? Sure. But it's tough when it's right in your face. It's right in your, you know, field of vision. And that's why Paul mentioned, and he said, we are not wrestling with flesh and blood. In the Amplified, he said, contending only with physical opponents, but against uh, the, he, he calls them in the Amplified, the, the Greek word that he used was despotisms or, or governors, powers, master spirits who are in the world rulers of this present darkness against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly supernatural sphere. What are you saying? You say, well, you can't keep up with the news. You can't read what the Republicans do. You can't watch. No. Learn how, what's going on. Learn what's going on. Learn how to vote. Study. But don't let it get in your spirit. Because that's the trick of the enemy. Whatever you read, whatever you hear, if you allow it to get in your spirit, and you know how easy it is to get in my spirit? If I'm not careful, I hear something. There's a low growl. Huh? Hair on the back of my neck stands up. This just makes me, I can't, how stupid. What are they thinking? What are they doing? And, you know, absolutely, <clears throat> you can listen and learn and know what you want to say and vote, et cetera, et cetera, but you got to keep your spirit is connected in obedience to God. Lord, I love you. I know you're on the throne. I know you are able. I don't know if you want this whole country to go into chaos so that we'll have a great revival, but your will be done. I'm going to worship you and praise you and magnify you. When you keep reading in Jude, he, he talks about Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities that were giving themselves over to fornication, going after strange flesh. Are we living in the, almost in Sodom and Gomorrah in this hour? Openly. I mean, we have people that are in heads of departments in the government openly flouting their strangeness. And the reason I say strangeness is because, you know, ultimately, when you challenge how, you, how God designed you, what gender, who chose that? Did the parents choose that? Not that I think of, so. That was the Lord. And so you're going against your very creator. Are set forth an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. He goes on down and he says, likewise also these filthy dreamers. Filthy dreamers. That's stuff going on in the imagination. Have we ever seen? I mean, just pick up the statistics. Since the beginning of this pandemic, pornography sites have not doubled, not tripled, not four times, five times and higher. Why? Because somebody's stuck at home. And so they log on, 
filthy dreamers. And you might say, well, pastor, is that what that means? Well, it, it also means the very fact that somebody dreamed all that up. Produce that. Defile the flesh, despise dominion. We have anybody that despises? Do we have any? I, I mean, a, a man. And you can say he's mentally ill, and I don't know his status, but he is in England. And a lady is being kept in Texas. And he flies to the U.S. and gets a gun off the streets and goes to a Jewish synagogue this week. Because this woman is in jail and he thinks if I kill a bunch of these, they'll let her go. Speak evil of dignities? And I'm not making a political statement one way or another, but you know, they, they have to find football players for griping about the officials, griping about the this. And they're making $2 million a game or whatever. And you're complaining? Okay, they missed a call, they messed up, they whatever, I'm sorry. Take them out. And one of the things that, you know, they have reported repeatedly is, hey, before you put something on Twitter or Facebook or TikTok or send a message, check it multiple times, let it rest a little bit because people just immediately respond. Huh? Boom, and then it's out there. And I battle with autocorrect. I'll send a message and then look at it and go, that was just dumb. <laughs> All kind of words that I didn't mean to be in there. Spelled wrong. Then do I correct it or do I just say, okay, let them think I'm stupid. I guess let them think I'm a... I'm a doofus. I don't know. You know, I'm doing with my thumb or with my finger and trying to hurry. Zick, 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 boom. Then I look down and it's a gobbledygook. <laughs> then he says this right after those verses in Jude, he said, Yet Michael the archangel when contending with the devil, disputing about the body of Moses, did not bring against him railing accusation. But you know what he said? The Lord rebuke you. Michael could have said, Lucifer, if it was the devil, you are a scum, you left, you're no good. All that would have been true. But how did, he, how did he contend? Through the power of the Lord. And I'm going to tell you, if you find yourself getting bombarded with a message, and it, whether it's against the Republicans or against the Democrats or against Biden or for Trump or against Trump or whatever it is, respond like Michael did. Lord, you see what's going on. You are able to handle it. You take care of this situation. If you can't turn it back to God, it'll get in your spirit. That's why Simon Peter said, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims. 
you got to keep remembering this world is not my home. Saw a blurb the other day that said, of course, you know, Tonga, a volcano exploded and wiped out a lot of the houses in Tonga and all the stuff. And, and they said, you know, that, that uh, the permafrost in Russia is melting and it's going to release more CO2 and volcanoes are going to... And I, you know what I did? I just said, Lord, you know what's going on. You made this thing. You can make it last or you can get it ready to explode. You can get us out of here because I don't, my citizenship, I'm so thankful I'm living in Ohio. I'm thankful I'm living in America. Glad I'm living in Newark, all of that. But again, you heard me say it, you can have it all. Exactly one half a second after the trumpet sounds. Because I don't want any of it. It's not my home. He said, abstain from fleshly lust, which war against the soul. But you know where they, the, those things come in through the flesh? And where do they war? In your, in your mind, in your thoughts, in your heart, in your emotions, in your will, in your desires. <clears throat> and so when you, you think in terms of this <clears throat> New Testament, Paul told <clears throat> Titus, he said, remind people to be submissive to their magistrates and authorities and to be obedient and to pre be prepared and willing to do any upright and honorable work to slander, abuse, or speak evil of no one. That's hard sometimes when you see people saying and doing things that you just, I mean, unfortunately, it's stupid. Huh? But you go, okay, avoid being contentious. So now he says you contend for the faith, but you do, you contend for the faith without being contentious to everybody else. Now, isn't that strange? You contend for the faith by resisting, letting those things get in your spirit. Because if you're not careful, you will be contentious to everyone, fighting and contending. Instead, he must be kindly to everyone and mild-tempered, preserving the bond of peace. Tough? folks? Huh? Spiritual warfare? I'd much rather pray for the demons over Madagascar. Huh? Than to fight the principalities and the powers that come against my mind and heart and emotion. You know, I'll send $25 to the nearest missionary and say, hallelujah, I'll pray for you. But I don't want to have to fight some of those spirits that come against me. And so <clears throat> here's what you go on. And, and we looked at, of course, what Jacob did. The Bible says is he changed his name. Your name shall no more be Jacob or supplanter, but Israel, which is in the King James, it said a prince with God. And yet, in the Amplified, when you look at the Hebrew, a contender with God. For you have contended and have power with God and with man and have prevailed. So we are supposed to contend with God, but how do you do that? Do you contend with God like you would humans? No. And in fact, Isaiah said, woe to him who strives with his maker like a worthless piece of broken pottery among other pieces of equally worthless and yet presuming to strive to his maker? Shall the clay say to him who fashions it, what do you think you're making? Or your work has no handles? Woe to him who complains against his parents. They have begotten him. 
who says to a father, what are you begetting? Or to a woman, why are you in travail? So, you know, people can, you know, travail and complain and contend. And, you know, I, 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 I read stories of kids four and five and seven and eight and telling their parents that they wish they weren't born and I need to take my life and I wish I wasn't. And, and that's the spirit of the hour, folks. I don't like who I am and my body. I want to contend with that. And you may say, well, what are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying that it's easy to get that in your spirit. Isaiah said, and the Lord said to me, you are my servant, Israel, you who strive with God and with man and prevail. Now, what did he mean? How do you prevail? How do you strive? Hosea talked about how Jacob contended, how he wrestled. And I know we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but it says he took his brother by the heel in their mother's womb. And in the strength of his manhood, he contended and had power with God. Yes, he had power over the angel of the Lord and prevailed. Notice that, that word prevailed there. You know what that means? You know how Jacob prevailed? Anybody remember the story? He wrestled, wrestled, wrestled. Angel touched his thigh, the sinew shrank. What did Jacob do? He basically held on to the guy. He just got a bulldog grip and said, I won't let you go till you That's how you contend with God. That no matter what you're going through, no matter what, how painful it is, no matter what the circumstances are, if I don't have any more strength, if all of a sudden the pain in my legs, I have no strength, I just grab hold of his shoulders and I hang on. Like the little picture of the cat, you know, hanging on the bar, hanging there, baby. You just prevail. I'm sorry, you're not shaking me. I won't let you go until you bless me. I'm holding on. If you're gonna contend with God, at some point, you're gonna reach a point where you don't have any more strength, where you don't have any more answers, but all you can do is grab hold and say, I know in whom I'm not gonna let go, whether it's prayer, whether it, I'm just not letting go till you bless me. The next thing he did was he wept. Is it emotional? Yes. Is it overwhelming? Yes. Hosea said he wept. And then you know what the next phrase is? He sought his favor. He wanted a blessing from God. He didn't say, I'm not going to let you go until you give me property. I'm not going to let you go until you give me a million dollars. I want a blessing. He had stolen the blessing from his father. He wanted his own blessing. And I want to tell you something. If you are going to contend with God at some point, you're going to have to wrestle that down to where you say, Lord, I want a blessing. I need a touch, regardless of what anybody else is doing, has done, didn't do. He met him in Bethel, which means the house of God. 
And I, I don't know. I, I've been camping a few times. My folks, one point we had a tent, and we thought that was the cat's meow. Then we graduated to a small trailer. Man, we were on easy street. And uh, Holiday Inn is really heaven. You don't even have to pull the camping trailer. But you know, air mattress, little cot. And I want to tell you, and, and I've often wondered about this whole story of Jacob because he laid his head on a rock. I have laid on rocks. And maybe from a young child, my body wasn't used to it or something, but I wake up the next morning and felt like I'd been beat. He says, the Bethel, the house of the Lord, and there God spoke to him and through him, with him and through him. What are you saying? If you are gonna contend with the Lord, you're gonna have to hold on. You're gonna go through some stuff and you're gonna be, the test is gonna to be to see whether you're gonna hold on or not. And I know I'm talking to Wednesday night crowd. That you've wept, you've humbled yourself, you've asked God with tears, you've sought his favor, you want more of God. Now I'm not talking about, oh God, give me a new car, oh God, give me a Lamborghini, give me a million dollars. You, I want the blessing of God. We need the move of God, of the power of God, the spirit of God. That's what it means to wrestle with God. Not asking for stuff. And healing is great, and I've prayed and prayed earnestly for Tracy, prayed earnestly for so many of our folks. But I'm talking about there's times when you wrestle with God. Not over someone's sickness. And you meet them in Bethel, you listen to God, allow God to speak through you. And that's why Jesus would say in Luke, ask and keep on asking and it shall be given you. Seek, keep on seeking. Knock, keep on knocking. Paul told him in Galatians, let us not lose heart and grow weary and faint in acting nobly and doing right. For in due season, the appointed season, due time, we shall reap if we do not loosen and relax our courage and faint. Paul told the church, the Hebrew followers, inasmuch as we have a great high priest who's already ascended, passed through the heavens, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession of faith in him. What does that mean, hold fast? Have you ever confessed, Lord, I still believe you? I still, I know I've said it again, but I'm holding fast. I am saying it again. I said it already once this morning, but I'm saying it again. Lord, you are able. Lord, you are able. I know, I've quoted Psalms 91. I've quoted Psalms 103, 104. I've gone through Psalms 37. I'm doing it again. I'm holding fast. I am contending. Later on, he says, by two immutable things, his promise, his oath, in which it is impossible for God ever to prove false or deceive us. We who have fled to him for a refuge might have a mighty indwelling strength and strong encouragement to grasp and hold fast the hope appointed for us and set before us. It is there, but you have to reach out in the spirit and grab it. Say, so, well, it doesn't look like, it looks bad. It sounds bad. Everything looks bad. The country's bad. This is bad. Everything's bad. You know what? 
only thing I know is God's still good. He knows what he's doing. I want to tell you, it, you can look at it in several different ways. You can look at it in the Lord said, I'm going to send coronavirus. And man says, well, we'll fix that. And the Lord says, try Delta on for size. And they go, well, we got a vaccine that'll take care of that. We'll try Omicron. We'll try something else. Or you can just say, you know what? The Lord's letting it run its course, seeing how men are going to respond. Are they going to repent? Hold fast to the hope. <clears throat> Revelation says, hold fast to what you have until I come. To him who is overcomes is victorious and who obeys my commands to the very end, doing the works that please me, I will give him authority and power over the nations. I am coming quickly. Hold fast that which you have so that no one may rob you and deprive you of your crown. I want to tell you something. This last two years and going through this pandemic, things that could be shaken have been shaken. People that have, I have every reason to stay at home. You have every reason to stay at home. Somebody may come and they'll have the, I, and I don't, I understand that. I'm not suggesting that you be foolish but you have plenty of reasons not to be in the house of the Lord. Huh? You have plenty of reasons not to pray. You have plenty of reasons not to give. Plenty of reasons not to worship. And I understand. You know, sometimes, old flesh, I just soon eat a bowl of cereal and kind of wave a hand from my couch. Hand me another slice of toast, honey. Praise the Lord. And we may be doing, all of us doing that. We may be videotaping again and I'm preaching to Muppets. I don't know. But those of us that hear this word are going to have to contend, wrestle, grab hold, I'm not going to let you go. Even if it means I'm watching you, I'm going to stand and worship in my house. I'm going to pray. I'm going to kneel. I'm going to read the word. I'm going to hang on to God. Why? Because he said, I will make him a pillar in my sanctuary of my God, and he shall not never be put out of it nor go out of it, and I will write on him the name of my God, the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, and my own new name. When I, I begin reading about Abraham and his obedience and how did he do it, I, I can't imagine how he did it, and, and yet I know that we are contending for our faith now. And no matter what the doctor says, no matter what, you know what? The Lord, you're still in control. You are still able. You're still able. And I know, you know, you may say, well, I don't understand why Brother Tracy wasn't raised up. And I, you know what? The Lord... He is in the Lord's hands. He kept worshiping God through till the very end. I told you on the last day or so that he was supposed to be in this world, I watched him play a guitar and sing down there in the youth center on our harvest fest for about 45 minutes, an hour, hour and 15 minutes. You say, well, pastor, and I, and I told my mom, dad, I think we're sitting there at the table with me. I said, look, it's a miracle. I'm watching a miracle. Doctor said you won't make it through October. 
Here we are. Said he'd never see 2022. He did. Do I wish that it would have just been a different outcome? Sure, absolutely. But you know what? That's not going to make me loosen my grip on being saying that God is able to completely heal. God is able to completely set free. I don't know how much he will. I don't know what he will, but I know he is able. So, I have to be able to contend with God without being contentious with God. That's a hard act to follow. I have to contend with God without being contentious toward everybody else. That's even tougher. But truth of the matter is, if I gave everybody a piece of my mind, I'd be a blithering idiot now. I wouldn't have enough to go around. <laughs> I think some of them would take it all and I wouldn't have anything left. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you. Let's stand. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Unfortunately, I keep forgetting they're recording that. I'm thinking it's just here. So I'm sure I'll get a few emails tomorrow. Lord bless us. Hallelujah. Please forgive me out there. I, I wasn't attacking anybody. I, I want to speak kindly, <laughs> generously to all. Oh, Lord. See how hard it is? Well, you can't even open your mouth and you, be, you know, wiggle your toes. Oh, hallelujah. <clears throat> Let's just raise our hands. Let's thank the Lord for his word. Hallelujah. If you want to come and pray, we come. I know they're fixing to practice.